Welcome to Leadership Backstage, a series of unique conversations with leaders about their role today and tomorrow. Hi, my name is Tricia Schroeder-Hohenwald. I am an executive coach, an organizational consultant, and the owner of DSH International HR. Another podcast about leadership, seriously? Yes, but somehow different. Over the years, I have been involved in lots of discussions about leadership. What it is, what it is not, what it will be, what it should be, and so on. But from my perspective, far too little open discussions have taken place with leaders about this subject. This is what I want to change here. I want to give leaders a voice, listen to what they say, and see what we can all learn from each other. And also, I have worked with many great leaders in the confidential space of our coaching sessions. But this time, it's not a conversation behind closed doors. The leaders here have accepted to share their thoughts openly, and I hope you will enjoy this backstage view on leadership. Let's talk about leadership. Marcus, yeah. it's a pleasure to talk to you today about this topic. I would like, before we go into uh, some more details, um, I would like to hear your function. So tell us just a few few sentences, tell us what you do, what is your responsibility, and then we can, we can continue from there. Yeah, so first of all, it's a pleasure to have the talk with you about leadership. Actually, I have two roles at the moment. Uh, my first role is a global business partner position for our division, um, Power & Gas, which is a roughly 30,000 people company uh, with a turnover of 8 billion. And um, we, means my team and I, we are focusing on people strategy for the, for the division. We are supporting the key function encumbrance in all HR matters. In my second role, I'm heading all global business partners for the entire Siemens um, Corporation. Um, which is more an umbrella um, position. In that position, I'm driving more internal stuff like the HR transformation, what we are focusing on in, in Siemens at the moment. Um, but on the other hand, of course, I'm also leading the division business partners of the other divisions. Um, yeah, that's in a nutshell my current responsibilities. Okay, thank you very much. And um, before we go into the different aspects of your, of your current function and, and other experiences you have in leadership, um, I would like to to know how do you define leadership in your in your role? What what is leadership for you? Mm. Um, you know, in my role, uh, I think I have to to split it up in in two different aspects. So first of all, I'm a leader, you know, for my team, and in that I would define it as being first of all a coach for the people. I like to always lead people in a way that they have a lot of freedom um, and that they basically find their own way how they achieve their targets. So really I try to step back whenever possible. On the other hand, I think it's very important that I give them a vision. And this is also something what I think a leader needs to definitely do. Otherwise, you can't lead with a lot of freedom because when people don't know where the long-term target is, then mm -hmm. it's difficult. And all what is what I need to do on top, I do very individually. This is also an, a very important aspect for me that leadership is an individual thing, you know, because everyone is different, everyone needs different stuff uh, in order to do them the right things. Um, so, therefore, I would sum it up 
in 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 debt free uh, in debt free areas and of course there is many details to to talk about then when it comes to leadership because it's not that easy in the end um and in the second role as an hr head you know of course i'm also um i'm also responsible for defining leadership principles for the power and guest leaders you know and also to show them what we think all good leadership is all about um, but that's then a second story. I think we talk more yes. about the first thing. First of all, we talked about your your role as a leader, and then I, I really uh, would like to know more about yeah the the power and gas uh, mm. a business that you are yeah, working on at the moment. But let's let's have a look at at your role. How did you? What kind of changes did you feel the last years happen in your role, so in your leadership role? How do you lead today compared mm. to ten years ago? I would say 10 years ago I was much more structured and I'm not uh, talking about you know that I don't I, that I'm not structured anymore but I I think what I saw the last years with the agility and the flexibility which is uh, much more requested today at least I feel it like this um you have to leave a bit of the structure and I'm German you know I like structures um so there I'm I would say a bit less fair in my leadership Secondly, at least when it comes to me, then I have started leading German teams and now I'm leading very international teams, very diverse teams, which is a complete different challenge for me because I'm leading also through a lot of emotional intelligence, I would say. So I try to really feel what's going on in my team. Uh, and that's, of course, much more difficult when you try to feel what other cultures you know, um, feel at the moment and what they need at the moment. This is a bigger challenge for me today. Yeah. Can, can we talk first about um, structure and laissez-faire? What do you mean exactly? What, what kind of structure are you talking about? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would um, try, I, I try to describe it that way. Um, as I started, then I always, uh, I started leading people. Uh, I had small teams. Um, and I also had the feeling that I need to give them also short-term um, targets, kind of. You know, that they know, okay, Marcus wants us to be there in a year from now. Um, and then I even, you know, discussed with them a lot how we can break it down, that even there was a path defined for the next year. Um, and then also I then saw that people reacted in the way that they very often came back to me and checked in with me whether... The, whether I think that they are right on, on, on track. Today, I do that much more with visions. You know, I really try to give them a vision which is at least five years or maybe even more years ahead. And I also leave them somehow alone on their path and challenge them from that way. Of course, I'm there as a coach. I always tell them, if you need me, I'm there. And the interesting part is there's people who use that freedom completely so that I even sometimes must admit I get nervous where they are at the moment because I simply don't have a clue. So sometimes I then call and ask, you know, how they're doing, what's going on in order to check what's going on. And then there is people who are also kind of asking for the more short-term targets but I always try to not give it to them because I also want you know I'm also leading high-level HR managers today so I'm I'm also requesting from them or expecting from them that they also use the freedom and find their own way um, because I think this is at the end of the day also the the key to be authentic also in how you support as an HR manager uh, a unit and how you lead 
um, by yourself and your team. Um, and I hope that this answers your question. Yes, yes, it does. It does. And um, we, we worked together last year and I had the, I had the, the pleasure to, to meet your, your team. Do you remember what kind of feedback they gave you? The, the kind of way where you think, oh, ah, I learned also with my team. Do you, do you have some memories of a few feedbacks you received? So frankly, I do not remember every details, but as far as I know, one thing was, and this is still a feedback, to be honest, from um, from other employees I'm I'm heading meanwhile, uh, which is that they would love to have more feedback, which is probably then a counter effect to the freedom I leave to them. Um, I think a positive feedback, as far as I remember, was. Um, that they like that I try to understand the that's my wording the full package you meaning not only the employee itself but also his or her private situation and what the private or the the value system and stuff like that and this is actually something what I like um, because I, I really do that for me this is very important um, to be a so that I think that I'm a good leader taking care about the entire package of the employee and not just this professional part or in, in his life. What did you learn in, in the international field, leading in an in intercultural context? So first of all, I learned that I will never achieve a stage where I think I have to, I can say I know everything because um, I will never forget my first experience with leading Indian people and it's not talking badly about Indian culture, but I realize that this culture is a bit far away from the way how I I tick maybe. I don't know what it actually is, but I understood that it's a bit more difficult for me to understand immediately what to do and how to lead, um, and we are talking now general aspects of Indian culture, how to lead um, the Indian culture. I found my way, I think, today, but still I have to admit it, I struggle a bit. Um, I recently also got... Uh, a Chinese uh, young guy on my team and he's also a challenge for me but also not in a bad way I really like because uh, I, I like to have this challenge because I see that I learn a lot what to do I mean first of all he's much younger than I am 15 years he's dealing much more with digital stuff and I thought always I'm kind of digital but he told me that there is a lot of space for me to learn um, so I, I think the, the, the range of what can happen um, is much broader in leadership when you have an international team than a, a team which is close to your culture or which is basically your culture. Mm -hmm. um, and I think there's never, never a day where you can say, now I know everything. Mm. Yeah. What else would you like to learn about leadership? Um, I think where I still can learn a lot is how to become even more flexible in, in many aspects, meaning uh, flexible in adjusting to developments, which happen now much quicker than I'm used to it. Secondly, also, you know, I grew up in a German culture and I got also socialized in that one. And the German culture is also known for being a bit more hierarchical than others. And I, I feel that it's still in me, 
Um, but I believe that with digitalization, with agility and all the stuff uh, what comes along with VUCA world and, and other um, uh, global trends, I think it's super important to create a levelless organization or at least maybe there can be an organization and organizational structure, but how you live it uh, is a different thing. And I think a company like Siemens will always have a certain structure and need it because it's simply too big to f to lead it without structures. Nevertheless, um, living it then in a more an ecosystem way is something super important. And there I think I have a long way to go to be really able to call myself as a professional leader in such an environment. Where do you see the future in terms of leadership? Lots of organizations and also in the consulting area and research mm -hmm. about the way organizations are evolving at the moment are talking about less hierarchy, almost no hierarchy in some organizations completely new ways of uh, structuring these organizations where yeah the, the the role of leadership is almost disappearing replaced by other other kind of roles do you see this in Siemens for the future um, so first of all um, I have to admit that I have never been so unsecure about the the future as I am today because I think so many things are influencing at the moment how leadership needs to look like and uh, I know I'm repeating myself but digitalization plays a, a big role here also um, how I see how, how quickly competitors come up um, new competitors come up with completely new way new approaches how they deal with the current market system um, and um, yeah so there's many reasons why I see um, why I see a lot of fog when I look into the future nevertheless I'm pretty sure and I don't want to forget that first of all that also traditional elements like decision making like uh, social competence and, and stuff this will remain I'm, I'm pretty sure because I think decision making for instance will be even more important in the in the future because I think more decisions need to be made and we have less time to make decisions so therefore someone who has a maybe an int emotional intelligence or a, a clear idea how this decision need to be made in order to make it right um, they will be certainly I believe better leaders in the future However, I think your question was more about the new stuff, what comes up. Mm. And there I'm pretty sure, you know, I like this, uh, this, um, this term ecosystem because I really, when I see today and I do a lot of experiments in, in, really in my current role, I do a lot of experiments with teams, with cross-unit teams who are not used to, uh, to work together. And there I see myself as someone who always is pulling a stripe there and, and tweaking there to make sure that they get the best out of this cross-functional team. Um, and I also, I think I'm also doing a lot in regards to make sure that I have the right competences on these teams and pull them together spontaneously. So this is what I mean by ecosystem that I see more, you know, they, I have always a picture in mind of, you know, a lake with a lot of fishes and I'm one of the fish. You know, I'm not swimming, I'm not bigger or brighter or whatever, better than other fishes. But I'm the one who is more communicative, uh, who is, I'm maybe the one who is 
able to motivate others, to inspire others more, to work together and to come to a, to a quick but clear and, and, and good quality of results. So this is what I mean by being more this, um, this ecosystem leader. Uh, also, we also spend a lot of thoughts on how we really can... So we have done an experiment in my PG organization. Uh, as a leader left, we have then discussed with the team could it be that we do not replace the leader and you find your way on your own? And honestly, it was not the idea from HR, it was the idea from the team. And uh, they just, they just discussed it then with us. Have we been very good advisors? No, because we simply missed the experience. But we said, why not try it out? And now this experiment runs now for more than a year. and um, Or for half a year, I think, sorry. Uh, for half a year. And it works pretty well. So have this, has this team now gone through a lot of super difficult uh, challenges? No, certainly not. But I mean, it runs half a year. It's a, and therefore, I like this experiment and um, I hope that we can create more of this. So I also believe that this is the future. But I also want to be clear, I do not believe that there will be the one and only thing in the future. I think future organizations in particular big organizations like Siemens, they will have always elements of many different things. There will be teams where you can go completely without or with level less approach. Then there will be areas where you can completely go with a typical ecosystem approach like it's defined currently in literature. But I also believe that there will in big organizations always be units who will look completely hierarchical and they need to be and maybe people will be there or you will find employees here there who even like it to work in that way. And I think the key for success for big organizations in the future is to have the best organizational setup and to com to be also able to combine these setups. Um, That's interesting because you have also an HR responsibility for power and gas, which is going through tremendous challenges at the moment with, uh, with the transformation of the organization and yeah not only from from a market point of view but some people will lose their jobs and not um, not a few quite quite a lot it's it's quite public in the in the newspapers so so how does all these understanding of leadership apply to an organization like power and gas yeah, this is a very good question because I really believe and therefore we, we have a lot of discussions with our managers currently that leadership needs to be at its best in such situations because you know then you have the typical topics that top performers or talents of course think about leaving that unit you know we are not making a lot of profit at the moment we, we have many other challenges and of course this is to a certain extent for all human beings not super motivating you know when you have always to deal with these difficult questions maybe not really seeing a clear vision for the future because we are struggling in our market um, so therefore leadership in these kind of times is super important that managers which, are there excuse me I'm, I'm interrupting mm. you but super important in which way what part of the leadership role is super important yeah. First of all, communication. I think you can't communicate too much in situations like this on, on different levels. First of all, as a, as a unit, you know, that the top, so the top CEO sends the message about what he believes, how the market will develop or other stuff. 
but even more important on an individual level. You know that a manager is there, that um, he or she invites then uh, the employees for regular talks and tries to understand the individual situation and is reacting to it. And there might be employees who might not be able to really cope with the situation. Um, then the leader needs to find a, a solution together with the employee. Um, but there might also be people who simply have a lot of fears and where you can react to it. You can at least show understanding. You can uh, maybe give the one or other thing what helps the employee to overcome these fears at the moment. So therefore communication is some of, one of, I would say, the most important things. Secondly, I also think really making sure in such a situation that you show the light in the end of the tunnel or the vision or whatever you want to call it now so that employees understand, yes, there is a difficult situation here right now. But if there is a future, then explain it to them and tell them, you know, what the future looks like and also be clear when you don't see a future for the, for the if you, as a manager, if you see a future for the company, but maybe not for the individual, also be clear. Because I think this is just fair for employees and also it will help them to drive the decision to maybe then split up with the company because again we are talking about thousands of people it's out in the press what we wanna what we have to lay off due to our current market situation so there is of course people where we have to give the clear message we don't plan with you um, and therefore a clear message from the beginning is also very important in your role as HR you you lead your team, your HR team, but you work as well with leadership teams and all the, the leaders uh, who are working in the power and gas organization and in others. But how do you make sure that that what you think is the best way to lead is also implemented in the organization? <laughs> how can you have an impact as an HR in this organization? Because at the end of the day, they do what they want. Yes, that's of course um, always the danger, you know, that, uh, that managers do what they want. But I also believe that um, a good managers always also know what to do. So, but coming back to your first question, um, so what we have done was we have started actually three years ago as we saw that a, a shift in the way how we lead in the organization on average, speaking now, we... we then we started a big transformation project and we tried to define first what we want to change uh, and what is basically the picture, the current picture and what is our picture of the future in, in regards to leadership. And then we started this transformation project in a way that we decided this time not to go for a change approach top down. We in particular said we want to start immediately on all levels and we honestly that's of course a much more risky approach because you also have the risk that there is different cells who are developing kind of differently because we also gave them a lot of freedom. One of the main messages we always send in this transformation project, and I could talk for an hour about this, was always because we handpicked the people where we thought that they have a good clue about the future. We said simply do first of all what you think is right. And do it on your level and try to inspire other people and try to convince other people for the way how you think leadership needs to, to look like in the future. So we haven't really, tr or we have really tried to not give them a super clear picture about the Who's future. Who's we? 
When you talk we, about we, who we, yeah, was first of all the transformation team, but behind the transformation team, or even in front of the transformation team, there was the management team of power and gas at that point in time, because that was, of course, the decision-making body, so to speak, for what we want to achieve in the leadership um, pillar of the, of the project. Um, but we was, in that situation, more the, um, the transformation project, because we have been going out and talking to the people. We have pulled them together in town hall meetings, in, in workshops or whatever we have done. Um, and what we also did, and I think that was a very important element, that we also asked these hand-picked people where we believe that they have the right idea about the future, we sent them to the external market and let them feel what's going on out there. And I'm not saying that they haven't done it before, but we have done it in a very intense way with so-called learning expeditions. And in, in that week where they have been out there, we ask them to really try to learn from other organizations, from very different organizations, bring the learning bags and apply it in the own organization, and then yeah, spread the word all, uh, the word all, over, all over the organization. Of course, it takes a lot of time, but after three years, we have now made it happen that we have um, more than 5,000 really active people in the organization. Well, what does it mean exactly? You were talking about transformation. Are you talking about structural transformation, product transformation, cultural? What kind of? That's uh, mainly cultural uh, transformation. But of course, through the cultural transformation, we have now a lot of other transformations mm. started as well, like these examples, what I talked before, that mm. a team then came up with the idea to to not continue with a boss for the team that they basically take on the the role in the entire team so yeah and, it's a cultural yeah and uh, and the five thousand people so what what is it that you're seeing yeah so um it's different things what we see but the main thing what we see is that they are very active and also spreading the word that they share as we call it prototypes where a prototype is basically an experiment what they have done in their unit what worked out well and then they talk about it, they share it with a community and we have meanwhile a community where we see that 5,000 people are pretty active. It's so an online community? It's in a social media social. community and they also found now different, meanwhile different ways how, you know, it's not only limited to the social media thing. Um, we have created the social media group for, for these guys to kind okay. of see what's going on. Mm -hmm. But meanwhile we see a lot of things what they do on different locations. Um, and sometimes they simply meet, there's um, just lunches, but there's also big transformation forums meanwhile. We had recently one in, in Sweden where 100 people from different units came together and that was their wish. So we didn't initiate it, but it was their wish and that they talk about different things. What they still can do in order to, to push the transformation even more. How, how does, so I'm hearing that... Um, slowly slowly things are moving in the organization and at the same time you are going to retrench a few thousand people in the same organization where you also see things moving so how does it fit together sometimes honestly it doesn't fit together you know we we see that um, also this restructuring situation destroys a lot of good ideas because of course people and managers get nervous so they get you know this is Somehow what we sometimes experience in Siemens that then also high-level managers get nervous that they put pressure, that there's a lot of reporting and, and really, I would say, 
unnecessary stuff, what comes out of normal human reactions. So con control, you yeah. mean? Yeah, and we have also seen then uh, that um, employees feedback that there is moments of fear because, um, yeah, due to the fact that we talk about the negative market development, that uh, managers are super nervous, you know, then there is misbehavior or wrong behavior, what also creates then the wrong reactions of employees. So therefore, in that sense, it's also counterproductive. Nevertheless, you know, and this is always these kind of uh, goosebumps moments, you know, when you then see that managers then learn from what we have done the last three years and say, no, I, my, whatever, my emotional reaction says, now ask for a reporting, ask for another presentation to control, but I don't do that on purpose. I do now other stuff in order to tell my employees, I believe in you, we can go on. Yes, a few of you will probably not be there in a, in a year from now because we have to restructure. And this is then where you see that people really take or managers take the risk that they try out things even so that they are fully under pressure and they even don't know whether the new way will work. This is the risk what they take and this is then the goosebumps moment what I have when I see that people, that managers learn from the transformation things. But overall, I also have to admit, it was a major pushback for the transformation and we are now trying to inject a lot of good things to get this, yeah, how shall I call it, this negative restructuring a bit. We will not get it out of the way and it's not our intention because it's there and it's, it's real. It's just there. Uh, but we want to make this, how shall I call it, this big demon a bit smaller and give the other transformation, the more positive part of the transformation, um, a bigger share in our mm -hmm. daily life again, mm -hmm. which is, of course, not super easy. Mm -hmm. What else do you see coming in this context of permanent transformation, restructuring? I'm not fully sure whether my answer will now fully answer your question, but you know, when you ask the question that way, then immediately, you know, things like artificial intelligence, then the um, digitalization and stuff like this yeah. come to my mind where I see actually also a, a major shift for companies like us. I mean, just think about in the commercial area, what artificial intelligence can solve. We have, and it's not only limited to uh, the commercial area, there's many other areas where you have um, a lot of, processes which can or already or have already been standardized and then of course artificial intelligence I see that it fully replaces what we do there and I don't want to create fear but this is simply the future what I see and and there leadership plays of course first of all a big role in the shift to there because I think it's important that we already now talk about it even though we might not completely foresee what artificial intelligence can really do um, but also making it clear to employees so that they also have the time to uh, requalify for other jobs because what, what we see is that more than 50% of the jobs what we're having today will disappear in a couple of years. Maybe not in three years, maybe not in five years, but maybe latest in 10 years. And, some of, and, that's, uh, and their leadership kicks in in the transformation, but also in the future when you when I would say intelligent systems and human beings need to work even more close together or maybe even an interlinked way, then I think leadership plays a, a completely different role. Can I be now more specific what will 
be super different. No, I, I can't because I still haven't fully understood what artificial intelligence might be really, how it might really influence our day. I can easily imagine, you know, in a very administrative area, but that we mm -hmm. then have simply a yeah, system and people are gone, you know, and then you need good IT managers or whatever to, to make sure that artificial intelligence is always on the best level. But it's for me still difficult how the interface between artificial intelligence and human beings will work. One thing is, however, very clear to me um, that artificial intelligence will never be able to replace human beings completely. Because I believe that what artificial intelligence or IT systems in whatever fashion will not be able to do is to really create ideas. Mm -hmm. They can basically do what we tell them to do. They can maybe even learn to uh, maybe learn how to make even standardized things more effective. But I don't foresee a technology which is able to replace the innovative part of human beings creating ideas, bouncing them, developing from fragments of ideas, a super great idea. And this I don't see. Well, what is for you the, the future of, of HR in this context? I think um, that HR will, I mean, we have now talked a lot about people and I know that for many, many decades we talk already about that people are the most important yeah. Um, uh, thing in a, in a company. Um, nevertheless, I believe with all the technology, with all the changes, with all the, uh, with this massive agility and flexibility you need to show as a company in the future, it's even more important that HR is there, find solution, is there as an advisor, is there to combine or to help to make companies think truly global and not just saying that we are uh, that we global we need to manage diversity um, because I think that diversity is a key success factor for the future um, and diversity is a, a good thing but it's also not so easy to handle um, you know I shared my example how yes, I sometimes yes. struggle with different backgrounds and cultures and I think I hope that I'm not the only one who is struggling. Um, so therefore, I think the advisory role of, um, of HR will be a much bigger one. I think that also the change management um, plays a much bigger role in the future. Um, so therefore, uh, and HR should play, from my perspective, a big role in that. Um, also, the innovative part, I think that if you look back a couple of decades, HR has in many aspects been innovative, but I think the frequency of how quickly we need to come up with very innovative solutions is much higher or will be much higher in the future and is already much higher today. And I also have actually the vision that a business partner, for instance, is next to the CEO and CFO, one of the most important members of the management team due to the fact combining technology, commercial stuff and the people, I think that's much more important in the future than it is today. I experience you as a, as a very intellectually and also very strong mm. person, so the way we work together and... Mm. But I, I'm just wondering, 
what is it that really touches you in all these changes, in all these challenges that you're managing all the time? Mm. What are the aspects where you think, okay, yeah, with all the experience and all the intellectual approach that I can have about it, I, I get emotional when it comes to this or that. Yeah. yeah, you know, I see also the speed. So for me personally, it's really the the speed of change. I really like change and people who are working with me, they know that. I'm even, you know, I'm sometimes too quick in when I want to initiate already the mm -hmm. next change. Nevertheless, the speed is something what I think, at least I and I also observe many others, I can't fully cope with. So the, I mean, with technology, with the um, amount of communication, with the speed of communication, with the speed of change, with the um, speed of how my client, so to speak, expect an answer, this is something which is, I think, where human beings have their limits to cope with. And I see more and more people, and in particular me, also struggling to cope with this, to have the right to to really have this energy available, what I need to cope with this kind of, in the end of the day, it's stress, you know, for my, mm. for my body, for my mind, for, um, for everything, it's stress. And coping with this kind of stress is something where I have a challenge still, and where I believe that this will become a major risk also for organizations, that they will be able to accept that there need to be space for the human being and that they need to, time for relaxation or whatever it will be in order to have a good balance in, um, in all of that. So this is one thing. The other thing is I have also seen many people who like more the routine than the change and we will always probably see human beings like this and there we need to find solutions how we also can get them more in the new world so but what, what, how, how does it touches you this topic how it touches me you mean you know there's a to be i don't want to hide that there's a, a a sense of sadness in me because you know sadness because i i feel that these people have to invest much more in themselves and and really challenge them much more uh, than much more than they probably want to but there is of course also a lot of you know we sh you know, I, I like to be an optimist. I think if we, meaning the people like I who like change, if we will be able to show them more the opportunities, what is in for them, you know, then I think it's also a big opportunity for these guys to, to develop, you know. And um, today's environment, I think, allows also many people to move from one routine place to the next routine place and then they end their career and have not made made out made it to basically their potential mm -hmm. uh, limit limit of potential mm -hmm. and this is of course for me as an hr guy a bit bit um yeah how shall i say i accept that it's fine but um for the company and for the individuals i think it would be better to make a bit more steps here mm -hmm. i see that on yeah. your face it's Feels yes. like it's a pity, such a such a waste of uh, of potential. Yes, you know, I'm. I really avoided to say it's a waste of potential because, of course, I see that um, there is life decisions what people make, and they say, you know, I know what they even feel that they have more potential, but they decide for different work life balance, and I think that's also important for a company to accept it. 
um, that we have also people like this in the company. Um, nevertheless, I see also people where I think if we would have been able to show them a bit more what's in what's in for them, then they would have loved to do either climb up the carrier ladder or whatever it will be, or to at least look into other spaces um, or other opportunities. And there I think we need to be much better. And that of course also goes then along with requalification and offering, being much more able to um, to manage learning, you know. Learning of the future I think is much more flexible and is much, have to be much more able to react to individual needs. How do you cope with stress? You said are you, that's one of uh, one of the topics that touch you. Yeah. And uh, how how do you deal with it? So um, first of all, I accept that stress is part of my life because um, I have stopped fighting against stress. I think that's not completely possible in a world like this with so much change. So this is, and maybe that sounds easy, but it's not so easy. Um, at least for me, it was not easy. Um, secondly, I'm. For me, sports is a super element to kind of cope with stress. So I really make sure... But when do you do that? Actually, I'm a morning person. I sometimes get up at 5 to run um, 10, 15 kilometers. Um, oh, okay. Yeah. And when oh, do you sleep? Um, yeah, actually, I'm, I have four kids, so I learned to, um, to get up early. So meaning at some point I learned to also go early to bed. So okay. I get my five, six, seven hours, which is um, enough for me. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also really learned over the years what is really important for me to to free up my mind and this is friends and family and sometimes just time with me um, and doing nothing or doing stuff what is completely different to my daily life you know like going to a football stadium and following a my passion as a soccer fan you know yes. <laughs> which is a pity at the moment uh, after after what happened to the German, yeah, yeah, it's not the, the right German topic. Team. Yes, it's not the right topic. So, <laughs> yeah. anything else you would like to say about leadership? Is anything else that is important to your heart about leadership? Yeah, just to go and conclude. This, yeah, uh, ma maybe. Um, so the following I would like to say. So I see in many cultures that leadership or being a, a manager of a team is something what many people would like to have, but they don't think too much about what it really means. And leadership can also be, of course, stress because it's another challenge. So therefore, one wish I what I would have is that that people think less about the. Um, the whatever the the standard or this this um, stripe on your shoulder what you get when you're a leader that they think more about what they really want to do uh, when they and what what it really gives back to them and the other thing is that I think for the ones who decide that this is something what they want to do it's for me it's one of the greatest things I I have ever done and uh, therefore I hope that I can continue as a leader for many many years. I, I'm so passionate about leadership. I think there is not the one and only answer. What does uh, it give it. you? It gives me a lot of recognition. It also challenges me. It always puts me out of the comfort zone or very often puts me out of the comfort zone like my, my, my great Chinese young employee at the moment. And that also shows me then my own limits and that also pushes me in the corner of I, I have to reflect. And this is something where I think I have made my biggest development in my own development. There's nothing to do with my career. There's nothing to do with whatever. It's It helped me to develop as a person and as a human being. And this is, I think, the 
biggest gift you can get. Thank you so much. It's a lovely, lovely uh, statement for, for this conclusion. Thank you so much. Marcus. Thank you. <laughs>